now. Oh, look who's home. Long time no see. You haven't changed a bit. Come on in. Welcome back. With genuine BMW expertise, parts, and a convenient range of options to suit you, when it comes to caring for your BMW, there's no place like home. Book your BMW service online 24-7. T's and C's apply. Subject to availability, participating retailers only. Now, let's take a look at you. This podcast is part of the famous original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. It contains strong language, strong opinions, and strong beers. It is not meant for children or for those who think they are children. You know who you are. Hello and welcome to part one of episode 90 of Dumb All Over, a progressive podcast with brash opinions on politics, religion, and sometimes pop culture. Uh, I am your host, Austin, coming to you from the very uh, rainy state of New York. And as always, I'm joined by... Oh, right. I'm not joined by anybody. (laughs) Uh, we've had another technical snafu, and of course, I, being the procrastinator, waited too long before I checked to make sure that all the files were good. So here we are again, listeners, just the two of us. Now, fear not. I fear I know we can salvage the episode that we recorded on Wednesday, but it's just not going to be possible to get it out by Friday morning. So here I am doing another solo dumb all over episode and uh you're just gonna have to deal with it all right <laughs> i know you want the fun one but you got me the boring one um before i get into the stories i want to cover in this we'll kind of we'll make this a short episode all right i'll give you guys a break enjoy your friday as seeing as according to climate scientists we only have like 20 years left <laughs> So, <laughs> so I don't want to waste too much of your time. Um, I actually am drinking craft beer, and it's very interesting. Uh, I'm once again drinking the Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin Ale. I know that was very shocking, and nobody expected me to say that, but that is exactly what I'm drinking. And I think everybody knows the stats by now. You can probably recite it by heart, so I'm just going to skip that part, and uh, I'm going to have a taste. Yeah, it's it's still good. And everybody knows that, so uh, let's just move on. Now, normally, this is where Tom gets to say, <laughs> let's move on to the Trump report. But since he's not here, I have to say it. And you have no idea how angry that makes me because I fucking hate it. But it's true. Let's move on to the Trump report. Have I done a good job? Have I done a good job? Not at all. Probably the least of anybody you've ever met. There's nobody that understands the horror better than me. If Ivanka were my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her.
So, uh, in the episode that's going to come out as part two of this episode, we're going to go over some of the bigger and, I don't know if I should say scarier, maybe more depressing Trump news. So today I figured I'll go over some stories that, uh, a couple that I don't think are getting a lot of attention, and then a couple that are. So first, let's uh, let's start with a non-Trump story. So uh, I logged on today to get a couple stories, and this is the first one that caught my attention from The Hill. Uh, the GOP loads up lame duck agenda as House control teeters. So Republican lawmakers are packing their agenda for the lame duck session after the November 6 elections, recognizing it could be their last shot for at least two years to pass legislation under unified GOP control of Congress. Their top priorities include spending legislation, the farm bill, a package to extend expiring tax cuts, criminal justice reform, reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act, and passing the Jobs Act 3.0, which is intended to spur capital formation, or, as it probably should be called, screwing the poor. I don't know what version. We've been doing this for 250 years <laughs> or longer. Um, also high on the to-do list is a batch of executive judicial branch nominees. Ooh, because we all know how fucking fantastic they've done on the judiciary. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, we live in a fascist country. Okay. Um, including 36 federal district court and three circuit court judges. 36 Trump appointees. Whew, that is frightening. Okay. Asked about the agenda for December, Senate Republican Whip John Cornyn of Texas said, Nominations. More nominations. Yeah, that's smart. They want to totally transform the judiciary where so many important things are decided, and they are absolutely getting everything they want. So for the people who say, you know, what, do you really want to be like the left version of what the Republicans are doing? Uh, yeah, I do. Because they're getting everything they want. Everything. Trust me. We are like... You know, I'm not sure what's going to get here first. Uh, our version of The Handmaid's Tale or our version of uh, uh, Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> Let's just say it's not good. All right? Um, many of the legislative items on the GOP agenda could be weighed down or even pushed aside by a partisan brawl over President Trump's demand that Congress fund construction of a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Quote, there's going to be a major fight over that, and that's going to make progress on other areas difficult, said Representative Tom Cole from Oklahoma, a Republican, um, a member of the House Appropriations Committee. So, once again, <laughs> uh, the little tiny sliver of silver lining in the Trump presidency is that because he's an idiot, he gets in his own way a lot. So luckily uh, they probably won't get to every part of their agenda, but I mean, if they get to any part of it, it's frightening. Um, Senate minority leader Chuck Schumer on Wednesday opened the door to a possible deal by saying Democrats are not opposed to strengthening the U S border. And then there's a collective sigh <laughs> and a smacking of the forehead by every liberal in the country. <laughs> Quote, we Democrats believe in strong border security, he said, noting that the Senate immigration bill backed by Democrats in 2013 included billions of dollars in border security funding, even though we have net negative immigration. Uh, quote, we're going to keep fighting for the strongest, toughest border security. Now, that last line was not Donald Trump. That was Chuck Schumer. You know, 
the guy who wouldn't punish Democratic senators who voted for Judge Kavanaugh. Just saying. Uh, Cole later said Schumer's remarks could pave the way for a compromise linking border wall funding to legislation shielding immigrants who came to the country illegally as children, known as dreamers, from deportation. Uh, this is... Uh See, this is what bugs me, because if the Democrats don't cooperate, they can't get this through because of the filibuster. They could change the filibuster rule, but I don't know if they do that with the, I know it's a one in five chance, but there's a one in five chance that the Democrats take the Senate. And if they get rid of the filibuster rule, I mean, they, I don't think they want to go there, but who knows? Um, he also said, the natural deal is DACA and the wall. Um, referring to the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program that Trump rescinded last year. Uh, but Republicans acknowledge that getting a deal on the border wall and other contentious issues will depend on the outcome of the midterm elections. Oh, that's the first good news I've heard from this article. What kind of mood the Democrats are in, I don't think we know, Cole said. Schumer on Tuesday said he would discuss Democratic priorities for the lame duck at a later date. Blah, blah, blah. So, basically, they're going to try to ram through whatever they can, you know. With or without the consent of, I don't know, most of the country and nearly half the Senate. <laughs> but we know the Republicans aren't that big on consent. All right, so let's move on to the next story. Um, this was a very bizarre story. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> um, also from the Hill. President Trump hosts Kanye West for a surreal Oval Office meeting. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yes, very surreal. Uh, President Trump on Thursday hosted Kanye West for a wild meeting in the Oval Office days after the rapper made a public display of support for the president. By the way, can we all agree that he needs serious mental help? Like, he needs some kind of serious intervention. There's something wrong with Kanye West. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Trump said, Kanye has been a friend of mine for as long time. <laughs> um, West, who is wearing a red Make America Great Again hat, sat across from him at the Resolute desk. The Mercurial rap star then launched into a 10-minute profane monologue touching on his own mental health struggles. Ah, Maybe that is where I should start, because that explains why he's there. The pitfalls of the prison system, the 13th Amendment, ways to improve life for African Americans in inner cities, his relationship with sports apparel giant Adidas, as if the 13th Amendment, um, tactics to improve African American life, and Adidas have anything in common. Oh, and of course, a hydrogen-powered plane he's said to replace Air Force One. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this is this guy is in the Oval Office talking about hydrogen planes that could replace Air Force One. Oh, and also that he wears Adidas. <laughs> I don't understand what is happening. Uh, Kanye West fans are no strangers to his just disjointed speeches which he frequently delivers at his concerts, but Trump appeared surprised. <laughs> See, now, Donald, you know how the rest of us feel when we watch you speak. <laughs> uh, Trump later said, I'll tell you what, that was pretty impressive, huh? Um, after was concluded, which prompted laughter from the others in the room, that was quite something. 
<laughs> the rapper acknowledges the president might be surprised by his outspoken support. Uh, and then he said some stupid stuff. You know, I'm not going to. I don't know. I just. It would, I think I feel like it would be easy to be mad. At uh, Kanye West. But I don't know when somebody seems to be having some kind of mental breakdown. It's hard to get mad at them. I mean, except for the president, we can get mad at him. I don't. I don't think he's having a mental breakdown per se. I think he was just always that stupid. All right. So that was just kind of a fun—not fun, really—but it was just one of those bizarre stories that I thought it'd be interesting to cover. But let's move on to the one that really got my blood pressure going. Oh, you know, one more before we get to that. Okay, sorry. I know I'm setting everybody up now. Um, another Trump decree. Uh, he says, I'll overrule Sessions on criminal justice reform. So President Trump on Thursday said he would overrule Attorney General Jeff Sessions if he tries to stymie efforts to overhaul the uh, criminal justice system. If he doesn't, then he gets overruled by me, Trump said when asked during an interview with Fox and Friends about Sessions' opposition to the effort. Uh, Trump said, there has to be reform because it's very unfair right now. It's very unfair to the African Americans. It's very unfair to everybody. It's also very costly. <laughs> uh, it's funny because he almost had me on board, saying the criminal justice system is very unfair to African Americans. Agreed. It's very unfair to everybody. No, it's not. It's actually more than fair to the rich who can get away with pretty much anything, as he should know, because he's a giant tax fraud. Um, but he's right. The system is very costly, so it's uh, hard to argue with him there. Apparently, Jared Kushner has been the one pushing this overhaul of the criminal justice system. Now, the fact that it's going to be the Trump administration, I do not think means that anything they overhaul is going to be particularly good for any community, but specifically uh, the communities of color. So we're going to keep our eye on this, but apparently Sessions is opposed to it, which, I don't know, makes me think maybe there are some good things in it. They don't have, they don't have a ton of uh, details in this article about what exactly he's going to reform. But, I mean, he hasn't suggested any good pieces of legislation yet. So I wouldn't see that happening anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> now we can get to the story that made my blood boil. Uh, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. It made my blood boil, but then <laughs> the, um, the response and the backlash to it actually kind of made me hopeful for this country. So uh, on Wednesday, Donald Trump apparently wrote an op-ed piece for the USA Today. Now, I'm highly suspicious that, uh, uh, or skeptical, I should say. I'm very skeptical of the idea that he wrote this, or that he wrote anything, or that he can even read. So, so but, I mean, when you, <laughs> I like how they have him listed, too, as Donald J. Trump, opinion contributor, because that, <laughs> that's what I do. I attribute my opinion <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, opinion contributor. I like that. Oh, by the way, opinion contributor? Totally my new cover band. Um. <laughs> okay, so apparently Donald Trump, who wrote an op-ed 
st- starts out the piece thusly. The Democrats want to outlaw private health care plans, taking away freedom to choose while letting everyone across our border. We must win this. Let me get to that second part again. Taking away our freedom to choose plans, which is what I missed the first time, while letting anyone cross our border. I think it's very interesting that he's trying to pair immigration reform with healthcare reform. I mean, one has nothing to do with the other. But as a marketing employee, it's very smart because for his base, that's exactly what they're afraid of. Now, let me read you the title of this piece. I wanted to get to that first line so you kind of get the tone of where this is going. But here's the title of this piece. Democrats' Medicare for All plan will demolish promises to seniors. (laughs) Which is so ridiculous. Now, I'm going to read the first couple paragraphs to you. And should I read it as as Trump? Because I'm not sure he actually wrote it. So I'll read it as him anyway. Throughout the year... We have seen Democrats across the country uniting around a new legislative proposal that would end Medicare as we know it and take away benefits that seniors have paid for their entire lives. Now, think about this. He's saying that a proposed system that would cover literally everybody in the country would somehow take away benefits from seniors. Now, I agree. It would end Medicare as we know it, and it would reinvent it as something much better. <laughs> A single-payer healthcare system. But not only would it not take away benefits, it would expand benefits to seniors and to everybody. I mean, this is just nonsense. Well, I digress. Let's continue. Dishonestly called Medicare for all. The Democratic proposal would establish a government-run, single-payer healthcare system that eliminates all private and employer-based healthcare plans and would cost an astonishing astonish, 32.6 trillion during its first 10 years. Of course, he fails to mention that currently we're spending 3.3 trillion a year. So, you know... Multiply that by 10 and see what number you get. And tell me if that's higher or lower than $32 trillion. Okay. <laughs> As a candidate, I promise that we would protect coverage for patients with pre-existing conditions and create new healthcare insurance options that would lower premiums, lower them. I've kept that promise. Oh, that's a good line. And now we are seeing health insurance premiums coming down, coming down so low, so low. Except that uh, premiums are actually going up, way up. And in many places, he fought tooth and nail to have the pre-existing conditions taken away. Oh, not have the pre-existing conditions taken away, to have covered for pre-existing conditions taken away. If he could actually take away the pre-existing condition, I'd give him some credit. I mean, he can't even take away his pre-existing condition. I also made a solemn, a solemn a salmon promise to our great seniors to protect Medicare. First of all, I've met American seniors. They're not that great. Just look at how they vote. <laughs> that is why I'm fighting so hard against the Democrats' plan that would eviscer- 
a viscerate, viscerate Medicare. Democrats have already harmed seniors by slashing Medicare by more than $800 billion over 10 years to pay for Obamacare. Also not true. The Republicans are the ones who are trying to cut Medicare. <laughs> Likewise, Democrats would gut Medicare with their planned government takeover of American health care. What does he think Medicare is, by the way? It's government health care. Uh. The Democrats' plan means that after a life of hard work and sacrifice, which he knows nothing about, seniors would no longer be able to depend on the benefits they were promised. Yeah, they would get better benefits. By eliminating Medicare as a program for seniors and outlawing the ability of Americans to enroll in private and employer-based plans, the seniors enrolling in private and employer-based plans, they're, they're, they're retired. <laughs> They don't enroll those. They enroll in the government plan, which would be better under Medicare for all. This is ridiculous. Okay. So basically, you get the idea of what he's saying about Medicare for all. Now, let me get to the end here. So this is where, much like many of Trump's speeches, it takes a weird turn. So we were talking about Medicare and healthcare, and he was laying out his stupid, stupid points. Um, but then it goes to this. Democrats want open borders socialism. Open borders socialism. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like he looked in the Republican dictionary of scary, scary words and just threw a dart at two and then was like, those are the scariest open borders and socialism where people might share stuff with brown people. That sounds scary. Uh, so here's what he had to say. The truth is that the centrist Democratic Party is dead. The new Democrats are radical socialists who want to, um, to want to model America's economy after Venezuela. So it's good to know that Donald Trump's intellectual arguments are about the same as a troll you'd meet on Twitter. Or Facebook, for our older listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If Democrats win control of Congress this November, vote. By the way, watch us on Twitch. We'll be covering that. We will come dangerously closer to socialism in America. Sorry. Oh. oh, I was just basking in the idea of socialism in America. By the way, this is really hard to read. This is killing me. This, <laughs> I'll admit, though, I do like doing the impersonation, even though I don't sound anything like him. Um, oh, okay, so here's where he ties it back into government-run health Government-run healthcare is just the beginning. Democrats are also planning massive government control of education. Massive government control of education, the thing that's already public. <laughs> I know. Private sector businesses and other major sectors of the U.S. economy. Which, no, they're not. I wish they were, actually, but they're not. Every single citizen would be harmed by such a radical shift in American culture and life. Virtually everywhere it has been tried, socialism has brought suffering, misery, and decay, unlike capitalism, which has been so good to me and like 12 of my friends. <laughs> and by the way, that's bullshit because he's just talking about, like, Venezuela wasn't even socialist. <laughs> it's like, they had some socialist rhetoric. And like, Cuba was not socialist. They, if anything, they were tr attempting 
uh, a form of communism, and it ended up just being an authoritarian dictatorship. Um, and then he, uh, oh God, and then he goes back. Uh, again, he was talking about open border socialism, and now he's back on health care. Indeed, the Democrats' commitment to government-run health care is all the more menacing to our seniors and our economy when paired with some Democrats' absolute commitment to end enforcement of our immigration laws by, ab- by abolishing immigration and customs enforcement. Nobody's ever said that. They're not going to end enforcement of immigration laws. Nobody has ever said that. And yes... We do want to abolish ICE, but this country got along for a long time without ICE. That's only been around since the Bush administration, the second one. <laughs> that means millions more would cross our borders illegally and take advantage of health care paid for by American taxpayers. Seriously, Canada already has socialized medicine. Do they have a giant influx of illegal immigrants? No. It's ridiculous, this idea. Today's Democratic Party is for open border socialism. Boo! Did I scare you? Good. This radical agenda would destroy American prosperity. Under its vision, costs will spiral out of control. Taxes will skyrocket. And Democrats will seek to slash budgets for seniors' Medicare, Social Security, and defense. Uh, no they won't, no they won't, and we should be cutting defense spending. Republicans believe that a Medicare program that was created for seniors and paid for seniors their entire lives should always be protected and preserved. Yeah, that's why they're trying so hard to cut it right now, because they think it should be protected. I'm committed to resolutely defending Medicare and Social Security, even though the Republicans in the House are trying to take a blowtorch to both. (laughs) Okay? From the radical socialist plans of the Democrats... For the sake of our country, our prosperity, our seniors, and all Americans, this is a fight we must win. And that's the end of the op-ed. It was unhinged lunacy. But, ever the seemingly king of uh, social media, as far as the uh, members of the Senate go, an old grumpy senator from Vermont had a response video for Donald Trump. I love videos. My favorite part, they don't have words. Oh, fuck, this one has words. Donald Trump lies a whole lot. He wrote a op-ed for USA Today that had two parts. In the first part, he dealt with Medicare for All, an attack on the legislation that I've introduced. In that one section alone, he makes 19 separate lies. Hmm. That's a lot of lies for, I think the whole thing is like maybe eight paragraphs and they're short, you know, two or three sentences. Dean lies in half an op-ed. That's quite a feat, but let me just deal with some of the lies. Trump starts off by saying that the Medicare for all bill that I introduced would take away benefits from seniors who are paid into the program for their entire lives. Take away benefits. That's a big lie because what our program is very clear about, we expand benefits. We provide what Medicare currently does not do. It adds coverage for dental, expands coverage for vision, for eyeglasses, and it expands coverage for audiology and hearing aids. It lowers the cost of prescription drugs and it limits out-of-pocket expenses. Secondly, he says that we are dishonest when we name our program Medicare for All. Truth. 
which is crazy because it's literally a program that's going to cover everybody. Literally medical care for everyone. Medicare for all. You know, it kind of is catchy. Is there is nothing dishonest about it. Right now, as everybody knows, we have a very strong public health program called Medicare, which covers people 65 years of age or older. Our program, in fact, covers Medicare for all. Phases in in a four-year period. At the end of the four years, every man, woman, and child in this country would have Medicare health insurance. Trump says that the bill costs an astonishing $32.6 trillion during its first 10 years. Well, you know, that is one estimate of what it costs. Other estimates are, in fact, lower. But what he forgets to tell you, that even with that $32 trillion, that is less than would be spent on health care as a nation if we maintain the status quo. On Mm. I already said that, Bernie, but thank you for reiterating my point. In the Medicare for all, almost everybody agrees that healthcare spending would go down in America. Trump says that he has promised to protect coverage for patients with pre-existing conditions. Well, that's kind of funny. The one legislation right now that protects people from insurance companies denying them coverage because of pre-existing conditions is the Affordable Care Act. And Trump and his friends work day and night trying to end the Affordable Care Act. Trump says, I also made a solemn promise to our great seniors to protect Medicare. That is why I'm fighting so hard against the Democrats' plan that would eviscerate Medicare. Really? Oh my goodness. Well, I thought that it was Trump's budget that would have cut Medicare by $500 billion. $500 billion, okay. His own budget. Look, I've never read a word of that budget. I don't read words. I have one book, The Art of the Deal. Beautiful book, beautiful book. I've never read any word of a budget. It was written by an Amish. An Amish. And I'm somebody I don't know, okay? Over a 10-year period, on top of cutting Medicaid by a trillion dollars over a 10-year period. Trump in his op-ed says, quote, we are now seeing health insurance premiums coming down. And of course, well, in some parts of the country, that's true. But the reason they're coming down is they went way up because of Trump's effort to sabotage the Affordable Care Act. On and on it goes. So what you have is a president who is smart enough to understand that the American people are sick and tired of our current dysfunctional health care system, which costs us twice as much per person as any other country and yet continues to allow 30 million people to have no health insurance and even more underinsured with high copayments and high deductibles and charges us the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. So what Trump is doing now is lying to seniors who say that this Medicare for all is going to hurt you. I understand the insurance companies don't like Medicare for all, obviously. The drug companies don't like Medicare for all obviously. And Trump doesn't like Medicare for all, obviously. But you know what? Last poll that I saw, 70% of the American people thought that the time is long overdue for us to guarantee healthcare is a right to all people, not a privilege. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. <laughs> all right. And so I'll leave the, uh, the Trump report with that ending. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with more something. I don't know, because I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> Hello. 
Join the Nerdy Things Podcast with me, Kevin, my co-host Jules, Heyo. and Tim. What up? Each week as we give our thoughts on the week's news about comics, movies, games, and all things nerdy. Then we dive deeper into the week's main topic. The things like time travel, cryptids, zombies, and blockbuster movies. Find Nerdy Things on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome back to the not Dowcast. <laughs> you don't have to say it because Tom's not here. I can say whatever I want. But I don't have anything better. <laughs> All right. So I thought it'd be kind of fun since um, our usual representative of Pennsylvania is not here to have some other representatives of Pennsylvania tell you how they feel about Donald Trump. Now, this is um, Rebel Headquarters, uh, the YouTube channel, which is an affiliate of uh, the Young Turks. I'm here to Trump. Oh, got a head start there. Wait up. Um, they went to a Trump rally in Erie, Pennsylvania, to talk to people about the tax crimes that have been uncovered by the New Yorker. I'm sorry, the New Yorker. The New York Times. Um, New York, by the way. Newspaper magazines, you don't all have to have New York in the title. We get it. It's a great city, and I love it too. But we don't have to have New York in the title of everything. And we gave the world Trump, so we should apologize for that. Um, okay, I'm sorry. So this is at a Trump rally in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'll let them take it from here. Rally in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I wanted to ask Trump supporters about the bombshell New York Times report, which showed that Trump received around $413 million from his father, and that together they worked to evade taxes by undervaluing their properties, amongst many other things. You guys should read the full report. I wanted to talk to supporters about it because a lot of supporters I've spoken to say they back Trump uh, because he is a self made businessman. We'll see what they think about the report. Okay, so before we hear what they have to say, what do you guys think is going to happen? Do you think they're going to go, you know what? I didn't have all the information about that man. And now I'm having a change of heart. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I can hear you laughing from here. Or do you think they're going to, you know, do mental gymnastics to justify one more reason why the most horrible human being to ever run for president is good. I would bet on the second one, but I don't know. Because I actually haven't seen this video either, so we're going to experience this together. All right? So there was this big report that said that Trump actually inherited around $413 million from his father. Uh, he has said he only got a small loan of a million dollars. What do you well, think of that? The money Hillary and Bill have. Right. You know, they never reported. Well, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to let it go. Not president, you know, anymore. You'd have never heard of it if she would have made it. Hey, I think Hillary Clinton has gotten a ton of money from shady sources, but I'm asking you, right? Because a lot of supporters... In the past, it's what is going now that counts. Who cares? Turning $16 million into $16 billion is, you know, he's still... Oh, you think he has $60 billion? Check it out somewhere. Look overseas, the whole works, you know. But the whole point is, that's the strength of America. I was hoping my dad left me... What? What's the strength of America? What the fuck is he talking about? Check it out. Check it overseas. The works. 
Oh my god. Now, part of me wonders if they pick the dumbest people on purpose to try to make a point. But I'm not so sure, because I used to live in Pennsylvania. And I feel like you could just walk up randomly to people and get these stupid fucking answers. Me that kind of money. So who cares, you know? Hey, his dad left him the money, he's a son. So what? So the report also said that the, much of that money came through tax evasion and, uh, you know, undervaluing their properties. These kind of guys are smart and know the tax laws. If they can save money doing that, fine. It's legal. They didn't. It's not. It's illegal. Well, I don't know. They haven't said that. I don't they have said that. <laughs> that was the whole point of the article. <laughs> the whole point was that it was all illegal. It was fraud. Oh, my God. I don't care where his money come from. I like him. I like what he's doing for America. So a lot of people who voted for him said they liked that he was a self-made billionaire. It seems that he's not self-made. It doesn't matter how much money he has. It's about the man, the size of his heart, and what he's doing for America. All right, who guessed that she was going to say heart at the end of that sentence? <laughs> I wasn't sure where she was going. He's, if he took $400 million, he's made it into 8 or $10 billion. So be it. So I don't know, uh, we haven't gotten his taxes yet, so I don't know how we can say what his actual figure of his net worth is. Not important to me. You know what, I actually don't care what the New York Post says. What? New York Times. <laughs> actually, she would care what the Post says, because the Post would probably uh, reinforce her stupid opinions. Again, New York. Doesn't need to be in the title of every paper here. New York, Times. New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, because... She knows all the letters. <laughs> they're all fake. The only channel I watch is Fox, and it's on 24-7. <laughs> well, she knows all the letters of the TV stations, some of the newspapers, even if she mixes up, you know, the words, and she knows... <laughs> that a 24-hour news network is on 24 hours. <laughs> CNN and MSNBC are on 24-7, too. But I don't watch them. <laughs> I even have my dogs watching Fox. <laughs> so you don't buy, you know, he said he's a self-made billionaire. Would you say getting $400 million makes you self-made? Uh, no, not really, but, you know, he's not the only politician out there that, that has things in their trunk you know spit it out name one politician that doesn't do uh, shady things second that happened before he was president so i really don't care and third name a millionaire that doesn't do something with their taxes so uh he kind of demonstrated or purported to be a self-made billionaire in during the election do you think getting a loan of 413 million dollars or getting 413 million dollars makes you self-made um and a roundabout way yes it does because that uh, mental gymnastics, remember when I said it? You can get $400 million, go buy an airplane, blow it in one day, and be broke. What $400 million airplane are you going to buy? <laughs> the uh, same report said that if he had just put it in an index fund, he would have more money than he does today. Well, what could that would have done for the economy? He's had jobs. Actually, that would have done much better for the economy, because <laughs> he just sat on it. And then he did not add jobs. He didn't pay many of the people who worked for him. He almost ruined Atlantic City. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's built things, putting it in uh, something uh, other fun to sit there. What's that do to, to grow? 
Yeah, you know, that's all propaganda aimed, aimed at smearing him because you can't handle the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah. What's the truth? The, the truth is he worked hard. That's how he became wealthy. And, and, and he used the laws in place by our government, uh, which everybody voted for. So that's the truth. I have well I haven't read any of those reports but if he got money from I would be surprised if you read it all from his father God love him somebody's got to get ahead in this world and why not him so so many reasons so uh, that means that he wasn't technically a self-made billionaire right because he got almost half a billion from who his is? father who is he ran on being a self-made billionaire. Well, yeah, but um, everybody gets their money certain ways, and if he he's not out there not working, he works. He was. No, he didn't. So if he got a little head start, God love him. I'm sure um, Here it Hillary is. got her money somehow. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't work really hard for it. I look at Trump for what he's been doing, and it, it seems to be working. He's a good businessman. All right, before we get to the good businessman bullshit... You know, I'm not a huge fan of Hillary Clinton, but she did work hard. <laughs> I mean, it was almost totally in her own self-interest, but she did work hard. And he clearly didn't. <laughs> I mean, this is just, uh, they live on a different planet. Uh, tax evasion, I mean. So he's been bankrupt like six times. I don't know if a good businessman would do that. He's talked about it a little bit. Um, Jim Kelly, one of my favorite Buffalo Bills players of all times, went bankrupt because he got into Endeavor and then went right. I, it didn't go right. Did he go? He's a football player. <laughs> he is not a businessman. He was a football player. Okay? Bankrupt six times? I don't know about six times, but even once. Uh, it's... It's in our system. It, it, the laws are there. If the laws weren't there, they couldn't do this. Uh, okay. That's the end of the video. I don't want to subject you to any more of that. Or do I? I don't know. No, probably not. I have to say, uh, okay. All right. I really apologize, but I'm going to subject you to just a little tiny bit more. Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, I think at the same rally, they asked him questions about, oh, the Me Too movement. I'm here at a Trump rally in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's overflowed. People can't even get in. And I asked some Trump supporters about hashtag him too, which is really the all lives matter of the Me Too movement. <laughs> where men are saying that they're being unfairly treated in this movement. Some Trump supporters have some strong words to say about that. There's this new movement called Him Too. Uh, before I let them answer, these are the same two ladies who were in the last video. <laughs> so, I'm sure their answer, let, oh, I haven't seen this, so let me guess. Their answer is going to be something, something, not men's fault. And then I bet one of them will bring up Hillary or Bill which are men who are basically saying they've been wrongfully accused of sexual assault. It's a response to the Me Too movement. Right. What is your thought on that? Absolutely. I have four sons and I have five brothers, so I want our men protected. There's no way that I don't want anybody accused without some evidence. My opinion, if I went to a party and was raped, I wouldn't go back ten more times. If you think about it, 
What do you mean by that? It, well, the girl Ford went back to parties after what happened. I don't think it happened. Too many men are in jail for false accusations. No, they're not. It should be me too for the man, me too for the woman. It's just a total leftist thing. A total, total left. I mean, they, they, the women, the women, half of them, I'm not saying all of them, but there's some of them that are paid. Other ones, I'm sure they have, they've been abused, really. You can't, you can't say no on that. But still, it, it, most generally, it's just a, it's just a thing that Democrats want to do and say. That's all about it. That's all it about amounts to. Yes, it's a thing Democrats want to do and say. That's why they attacked one of their biggest donors in Harry Weinstein. This is fucking ridiculous. I've said it for a long time. Women should button their blouse, cross their legs, and quit acting like they want something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This woman. Oh, I can't. Oh, uh, oh I'm going to. Oh, I swear to God, my blood pressure is going to be so high right now. <laughs> and then they won't get it. Oh, wow. So you're saying it's more on the women. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, in what specific examples are you thinking of when you make that statement? Everybody's great, uh, happy when they get the Oscar. And then whenever, I mean, I'm... What is she talking about? <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a scumbucket. Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. But they knew what they were doing. Uh, and now they're ruining everybody's life over it. I mean, I'm all... I could have sworn she was going to say the ruin in everybody's good time. <laughs> That's what I expected. For it, if somebody really does get sexually assaulted, you should speak out about it. I don't believe in waiting years, but I mean. You're also not a woman. You have no idea what the stigma in society is about this. And you're only mad because it's coming out against Republicans. You know, I get where, you know, different emotions can take a big effect in that. But at the same time, I mean, there is certain rape kits, things like that that help prove the fact that help prove your story if you do come out in the open very soon about it instead of waiting till years after but i mean i, I do agree the women are kind of in a tough spot with everything and i'm by the way can i point out that of all the people she's interviewed so far this guy's the youngest and while he's still a giant moron can can we all agree that he is slightly more reasonable than the crazy lady who says women should keep their legs shut i'm telling you the older generation, they are the big problem. Even the crazies in the younger generation don't seem to be as crazy as the crazies in the older generation. Now, I'm not saying that they won't get there when they get older. They could. But it just, well, I'll leave it there. I'm all for them, you know? Well, if you're talking about Kavanaugh, I think the whole thing was a hoax. I'm talking about the movement in general, including the accusations against President Trump. Um, I, first of all, I never got into any of that anyway. <laughs> like it's Harry Potter? What do you mean you never got into it? I, I, I never read the first book, and uh, well, I never read much at all. Because you don't know what's real, what's not, and I don't really Clearly, care. you don't know what's real. And anything that guy did before he's president was his business. And that's the quickest way people get mad and take their revenge by threatening, oh, my God, he raped me. I don't buy it. Why did they wait so long? You know, I mean, everybody's going to want to... I have to admit, this guy sounds a little bit like Michael Moore. I mean, not the things he's saying, but his voice just sounds a little bit like Michael Moore. 
person climbs a ladder, people always try to knock you down. So, I mean, for a woman to go out and say that, they should have brought that up years ago. They shouldn't have brought it up just now, you know. A lot of times women feel too traumatized to come forward. They're, they're all they're doing is kidding themselves. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I mean, uh, they're not traumatized. Not traumatized. Oh my god! All right, I can't. I can't do this anymore. All right, we're gonna end it there. That oh, that made me so mad. <laughs> but I feel like it's good to check in with the other side every once in a while, just to see like what they really think. Now, you can make the argument that maybe that's not a good representation of what they think. You know, maybe they're not all that extreme, but I don't know, because I have uh, radical right-wing members of my own family, and I hear stuff like that, and I guarantee you when I go back for Thanksgiving and Christmas this year, I guarantee you I'm going to hear that same shit. <laughs> but let's hope that uh, when I go back for Thanksgiving, it's going to be a very somber mood from that side. Because the Democrats flipped the House and the Senate. Let's hope. It's the only hope we got. All right, I'll leave it there and I'll come back with my final thoughts. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy shit happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the Underground. Well, <laughs> that just about does it for this short and solo episode of Dumb All Over. It was quite dumb, because <laughs> of course it is, because I'm the only one here. Um, boy, I have to say that, that uh, those two videos of the Trump supporters at the Trump rally, that is going to stick with me for a while, because it's so ridiculous. Oh, that just that makes me furious. And then that coupled with the uh, the Trump op-ed, ridiculous. But the thing I forgot... Oops, so, ooh. <laughs> getting excited now. The thing I forgot to say about the op-ed piece was that, um, while, of course, it was ridiculous in his rambly, ridiculous, over-the-top style, it did accomplish one thing that I didn't think I'd see so soon. After that came out, um, about, I don't know, maybe half a million other op-eds and think pieces came out against his op-ed, uh, and many of them, from very mainstream outlets, were actually supporting Medicare for All and defending it, because they could use that as a weapon against Trump. And that's fantastic, actually. So what he did, essentially, was get the mainstream media, who, for the longest time, 
has been playing stupid about Medicare for all, acting as if this is some crazy, you know, fantasy idea that, you know, the rest of the world hasn't already implemented. <laughs> and now they're not doing that. Some of them are, they're cautious with their wording because they don't want to piss off, you know, the people who give the publications money, but they're still defending it. And several of them pointed out how his $32 trillion scare number is actually lower than what we're spending right now over 10 years. So I thought that was very interesting. And I, I, I like that. That was great. It, it still makes me furious to read his op-ed, though, because it's like, I mean, it's something that I feel like if he had hired, you know, like eighth graders to write it, it would have been better. He comes off as an idiot who's obviously lying. And as our good friend Bernie Sanders said, he lied 19 times in one op-ed. And it's not even a full article. It's like a couple paragraphs. <laughs> All right. But anyway, other than that, um, I want to say that the I know the Hurricane Michael has hit Florida and is still ravishing uh, the southern part of the country. And so I hope everybody down there staying safe. By, uh, I know I've read an article before that uh, I believe six people are already confirmed dead from the storm. It's very bad. Um, that coupled with the... It's, it's, it's funny, I was expecting to hear it was tremendously wet, but I guess Trump was too busy campaigning to worry about being tremendously wet. Really, it was a travesty for him, too, because he had to cancel one of his rallies. Um, but in all seriousness, I hope that everybody is who's still down there is staying as safe as you possibly can and just know that the rest of us are thinking of you okay other than that uh i don't have much else to say hopefully <laughs> we'll get the whole file transfer situation figured out and we will have the second part of this episode up sometime this weekend maybe even on saturday we'll see but for now, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and um, we'll be back next week, and well, sooner for the next part of the episode. <clears throat> Just want to remind everybody that on November 6th, for the midterm elections, and I'm going to preface this as, you know, the most important elections of our lifetime, the most important election of our lifetime, November 6th. Tom and I will be covering it live on Twitch. So just check it out. Dumb All Over Podcast. going to be on Twitch. We're going to stay up and cover the entire thing. I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> just uh, there's going to be a lot of alcohol involved. And we're also going to try to get a couple of guests on. So um, other podcast people or not podcast people, fans, if you're interested, uh, send us an email. Tweet at us. And uh, let us know if you want to come on for a little while and, you know, talk, whatever. We're open to any collaboration, you know, whatever you guys want. Um, but that'll be November 6th, live on Twitch. And then other than that, we'll actually get to hear Tom's voice as he tells us where else you can find us. And so I'll leave you, like I have been recently, with this. Don't be a Peter Dow. Be a patron. All right, we'll see you guys later. Once again, thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Spreaker.com forward slash Pod. 
We're also available on iTunes. Just look up Dumb All Over Pod. We are on all the social medias, starting with Twitter, at Dumb All Over Pod. Facebook, at Dumb All Over Pod. And of course, there's Instagram. And you guessed it, it's at Dumb All Over Pod. We are also uh, on Patreon. So check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash dumballoverpod. And if you're interested in buying some merch with uh, some special logos, you can check that out at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash dumballoverpod. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. The way things are isn't the way they have to be. But knowing what to challenge and how to change it isn't always clear. That's why independent journalism has never mattered more. When we are free to follow any lead and question any authority, we can confront the status quo, uncover vital alternatives and bring clarity to the world's most complex issues. We can help our readers understand the world. So together we can fight for a better one. Hope is power. And with your support, you'll always find it at The Guardian. You're a small business owner and there's nothing small about what you do. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors give you trusted advice and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel core processors, servers, storage and networking, plus industry-leading monitors and software. No matter your technology needs, Dell is here to help your small business do big things. Call 0800-085-4878 to speak with an advisor today. That's 0800-085-4878. Seven eight.